Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. Hey, Fidelity. How can I remember to invest every month? With the Fidelity app, you can choose a schedule and set up recurring investments in stocks and ETFs. Oh, that sounds easier than I thought. You got this. Yeah, I do. Now, where did I put my keys? You will find them where you left them. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE SIPC. You've probably been hearing a lot about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency in the news these days. On October 20, 2021, Bitcoin shot up to $66,975. And then yesterday evening on November 8, it reached a new all-time high, over $68,000. If you've been wondering what all the hype is about, or maybe if it's time for you to dip your toes in the cryptocurrency waters, be sure to stay with me. I've got a very special show coming up. Hello, friends, and thank you for joining me this week. My name is Laura Adams. I'm a finance and small business expert and author who's been hosting the Money Girl podcast since 2008. If you want to earn more money, Money with a side hustle, or you've already started your own business, be sure you don't miss my latest book. It's called Money Smart Solopreneur, a personal finance system for freelancers, entrepreneurs, and side hustlers. It was published by Entrepreneur Press and was an Amazon number one new release. You can get it as a paperback, ebook, or audiobook. Chris Hill, the host of the Motley Fool Money podcast, says, This book is more than mere inspiration. Laura Adams has written an indispensable map for navigating the pitfalls everyone faces but doesn't think about when they're starting a side hustle or their own business. So I hope you will check it out, too. On this podcast, my mission is to help you get the knowledge and motivation to prioritize your finances, build wealth, and have more security and less stress. Every show is created to be like a mini training. I want to make sure you come away with practical advice and tips that will help you make better money decisions and take your financial life to the next level. So I'm so glad that you're here, and I hope you'll stick around. I hope you'll subscribe to the show. And also think about participating. You can send me your money questions or comments. Leave a voice message at 302 3640308 or send me an email using my contact page at lauradadams.com or connect with me on Instagram at lauradadams. And every week we publish a companion blog post that we call the show notes. You can find them every week in the Money Girl section at quickanddirtytips.com. Today's episode is number 707 called Bitcoin for Beginners, Understanding the Future of Cryptocurrency. 
I spent a fantastic week last week in New York City for some work and play. I saw some shows and just ate some amazing food, caught up with some friends and some uh, colleagues. I was super excited to spend time with the folks at Finder.com who were in the office. To discuss crypto and investing, I interviewed Fred Shabesta, who is the founder of Finder.com. He's also the author of an amazing new book called Go Live, 10 Principles to Launch a Global Empire. Fred's been investing in Bitcoin and altcoins since 2017, and he's going all in, incorporating crypto into his business strategy. We had a fantastic conversation about his background, business evolution, challenges as a founder, his personal investing strategy, and all kinds of ideas about the future of cryptocurrency. Stay with me for this fantastic interview and you'll learn common misunderstandings about investing in cryptocurrency, how to begin slowly adding crypto to your investment portfolio, why Bitcoin is different from other types of crypto or altcoins, strategies for short-term trading versus long-term investing, how to keep the crypto you purchase secure from cyber theft, the most compelling reasons why everyone should consider investing in crypto, and where to learn more about investing and earning high yields on crypto balances. So here we go. Fred, I am so excited to be in the office with you. This is amazing. Um, Thank you for doing this. I'd love to start with a little bit about your background. Where are you from? Well, I grew up in Australia, which is a long way away. Uh, And I've always been into, you know, personal finance and investing personally. I love, love that. Um, I went to university, didn't turn up that much. And I actually started a company when I was at at college, um, building people's websites and marketing them. And um, one of the experiments we tried was um, a credit card comparison site. And that sort of grew uh, organically into quite a large company and now, you know, founders in several places around the world. And um, now we're building, you know, this this really this new app that, that helps people manage their money and invest their money and leverage a lot of cryptocurrency products, which is super exciting. So you really made a change originally from just credit cards, mm-hmm. then you went into more products. Yes. What, what do you see the future of Finder as being? Well, I think that cryptocurrency is uh, providing all of these new uh, and alternate ways that you know, really money is used, money is spent, stored, uh, you can earn interest, yield. It's replacing a lot of the systems which are quite legacy, quite old, to actually deliver, I guess, similar products, but but better. Um, so you can move money instantly. You can um, get higher yields than at, at, a, at a traditional bank. You can borrow money instantly without a credit score. And all of these friction points that exist, you can really overcome and I think that's eventually where we're going to, where there'll be a full digital world that people live in, like a metaverse, um, and there'll be banks in there, and they'll all be digital currencies. Like you wouldn't want to wait for some external non-digital system when you're in a full digital world. You know, the COVID thing really brought that forward like 10 years because everyone's at home. They've got all this time. You're, you've got digital friendships. You've got a digital identity. You've got digital bank accounts. And now... What's the difference in going and working in the digital world? You've got play-to-earn games, which are digital, people making money from playing games. This is where it's all going to coalesce and 
Yeah, I, I think in the next 10 years, banks will look a bit like fax machines. I totally agree. I think you're right. Congratulations on publishing a book. A couple months ago, you published Go Live, 10 Principles to Launch a Global Empire. What does going live mean to you? Well, I, you know, I have a bias to putting things, things, you know, live on the internet. You know, I have this rule that if, you know, it's on your computer, then it doesn't really exist. Um, it's not until you show it to the world. And, and that's, that's, that's what this book's about is that mindset. You know, when you get to those barriers and you're stopping about pushing past those moments in time of doubt, um, you know, feelings of self, self judgment of, you know, you're not being good enough, feeling unworthy, you know, and, and, and I sort of share, quite vulnerably all those moments and stories that I personally went through, how I overcame those things. And, and, you know, I think it's, it's not necessarily like this, you must do this. This is a mindset because you're going to execute your business and you can, there are other books that teach you how to do things. This is about solving that why that underlying burning push to actually get something into the world. And you uh, essentially, normally a founder is actually the biggest asset a company has in the start because you're the only one there. Um, and so this is what this book helps you with. It helps you go live. It helps you get off the ground with whatever it is you're doing. What is your why? Um, I love to win. That's, that sounds strange. But like it's, I, I broke this down once and I went to like the absolute canonical of it. Like where was the end... And eventually it all came back to just winning, like winning things for the sake of winning, you know, and I'm just a very competitive person. I think my purpose starts um, around the idea of creating things, but to, to do that, to get that win. And so it sort of comes out of the back of that. So I, I create things that serve people and, and, and help them either make money or save money. And by more, the more people I help, you know, make money or save money, the more, the more I benefit and the more I win because the more they've won. And there's this natural symbiosis in that. My ultimate uh, sort of why right now, and I, I sort of had this idea that, you know, a purpose, you can just make up a purpose. Like, you know, if you don't have to search for one, if you haven't got one, we'll just make one up, you know, and I've made up three and I'm on my fourth one. But my purpose right now is to create something no one's ever done before. And, and obviously it needs to help a lot of people and help them save money, make money, that's only possible because, you know, I think I've created a lot of things in the past and learned a lot of mistakes. I've made a lot of mistakes. I've got a massive graveyard of errors that I've made. But my, my, my ultimate is to get to a place where, you know, there's a legacy created from something I've created. Uh, and it's not just me. It's a team that creates these things. It's not, I, I'm not, I'm merely one part of that. Um, but I think I'm able to create a good environment and a good um, group of individuals to come together to create these 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 things that no one's ever done before. What do you think is the hardest part about being the leader of a global company? I think continuously getting local context. You know, I think that was really hard not being in the country. Like being back here in New York has helped so much just remember the struggle remember the challenge remember the differences and start to translate the organization that strategy towards that has been amazing absolutely amazing that local context is it's very hard to write down you can read it and you can hear it but 
when you feel it and you're there, I think that's the only moment in time when you really get that. And I did a lot of traveling before and I was not able to travel very much. I was, you know, sort of locked in Australia for one and a half years. And that's really hard. That's not a easy paradigm to be able to gain global context. But now I think, you know, rebooting that, I think there's an edge in that local context. And, and I took a lot of the previous learnings I had and stored them up in my mind. You know, there, are, there are many other challenges. I have a constant daily challenge. Uh, big, big ones, small ones, medium term, long term. I think the, the one I always focus on is capital allocation. Like where am I focused? Where's the organization focused? Where are its big investments and where are they going towards? That's one that I'm constantly debating and constantly thinking about. All right, let's change gears a little bit. I want to talk to you about cryptocurrency because I know you are a crypto enthusiast, yeah. to say the least. <laughs> That's true. When did you first get knowledge of cryptocurrency or um, become aware of it enough that you said, I'm, I'm going to buy some crypto? 2017. Uh, like That was when I really got into it. Before that, I was... I sort of looked at it and I was like, oh, I'm not really sure what this is. Like in 16, I was like, oh, it really makes, it makes sense to me. I'd be confused by it. 17, we started writing about it, started really learning about it. And then I just went, bought some and I just went straight down the rabbit hole. <laughs> like just. And I think the, just personally speaking, it's because it's a confluence of things I love, which is technology, um, marketing, and finance the three things that I love mixed together in one single thing. I'm like, I can't understand how that. And then with this new NFT gaming stuff, it's like gaming plus money plus marketing plus technology. So it's like th four of the things I love, you know, where it's going right now. I feel like we're in 1996 of the internet, you know, really early still. So for listeners who are not yet into crypto or maybe they've been hearing a lot about Bitcoin going through the roof, you know, a few weeks ago, but they're pretty unfamiliar with it. What would you say are the biggest misconceptions mm. about crypto? Well, first one is, you know, this volatility thing. And the second one I like to talk about is, you know, it's a Ponzi scheme or some scam. Um, and the other one is that it's, it's, it's trying to replace currency. I think touching on that first point. If I was to come to you, anyone who's listening now as well, and quote you, I would knock on your door every morning and I quoted you the price I'd be willing to pay for your house. I'd say, I will, you know, I'll give you this today. If you're a thousand dollars today, or, you know, I'll give you a million dollars today. The next morning I come in, I'll give you a million and ten dollars. Next day I come in, I'll give you $998,000. You'd think I was like borderline schizophrenic. Like, pretty, pretty reasonable. But we just don't get quoted our house price that often. But that is actually what's happening. It's constantly moving around. There's different valuation changes happening. So the stock market only trades from like 9 o'clock to 4.30. Now, that, that means there's less time for it to move around. Just doesn't trade on the weekend. Whereas cryptocurrency trades 24-7. Literally, it trades on New Year's Eve. It trades all the time. And it trades in every single country. All the time. And so any single piece of news or movement moves the price. And so, yes, it's more volatile, but that's just a representation of literally just being more on, more turned on, more data coming in than anything else. No one's ever seen anything like that before. That's never been done. Like not even foreign, ex foreign exchange shuts down for a small window um, where it doesn't trade. You know, that's the first thing. So, so it's just getting used to that. You know, I think the best way to deal with that is say, you know, if you're, if you're getting into Bitcoin, just buy some and hold and just, you know, forget about it. 
or buy little bits and, and buy them over time and just forget about them. You know, I think the second one is this idea of it's a Ponzi scheme. Like there's, it's, 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 you know, everyone says, oh, it's, it's this thing built upon this thing. But actually, it takes some time to realize most things are kind of Ponzi-like. Like the reason why we believe our money or currency you know, in our wallet is worth something is actually a bit of a Ponzi scheme. And another, another, you know, a piece of real estate is a Ponzi scheme because someone else has already bought it before and now you're willing to pay more for it. Like why would you do that? Or less for it depending on what it is. That's the similar mechanic that's actually going on in cryptocurrency but it takes some time to realize is there's no one at the top. There's no CEO of Bitcoin to call. There's no call center. There's no one in the office. There is no office. There's no actual company. It's just a lines of code. That's it. Think about that. It's actually a miracle that it exists. It's, it's actually a human miracle. And, and, and as you deep, dig deeper, you realize that there are some you know, age-old things in humanity where this has been replicated before. You know, people think about the tulips thing in Netherlands where tulips were suddenly worth you know, $50 a tulip and then it crashed back down. You know, the difference here is that Bitcoin's gone up and it has crashed down, but it didn't go to zero. It, and it didn't go, you know, it, it went up to $20,000 last run and came back down to $3,800. But it didn't go to like $1,000 and it didn't go to $100. And it started at like a fraction of a cent. And again, you know, we're at 62000 US dollars now which is way past that previous one. So we've gone past that crash. So, you know, that was thought to be a Ponzi scheme before. Well, we've gone past there. And there's just complete recognition now that like you look at Amazon during the dot-com boom, again, Amazon took, went up massively, then took a massive tank, but it came back up and it's obviously way past that valuation now. I think that these cryptocurrencies are the next revolution. It's like the way that th- I think about this is if the internet was created again, like internet was like pictures and words. And it was like, you know, it, it sort of disrupted industries like in, in the media space, um, particularly businesses like classified businesses and a video, then it got into video and things like that. So sound, um, visual, uh, movie, motion graphics and, and words. So they, they were really upended in that sense. But if the internet was started again now, you would just start with cryptocurrency built in. Like, why would you go and... So we, like, connect up credit cards to the internet. It's, like, clunky. It's, like, this weird crossover point. Whereas, why don't you just pay for it instantly on the internet with internet money? And and that's where we're going. Uh, and that's the way I think of it. Yeah. Um, I think the third one, there's only 21 million Bitcoin, and it's kind of like the digital gold of crypto, and it backs up everything. If Bitcoin goes up, everything goes up. If Bitcoin goes down, everything goes down. There are obviously differences in movements, but just like you know, currency used to be backed up by gold, um, Bitcoin's kind of that same thing. So if you're buying Bitcoin, you're buying gold, essentially. Money Girl is sponsored by Claritin. If you're like me and you suffer from allergies, you know this time of year can be pretty rough. There's a lot of sneezing, itchy eyes, congestion. 
and they can really hold you back from living the life you want to live. Luckily, for those with allergies, you can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. This is a product designed for serious allergy sufferers. It's got two ingredients in one pill that relieve allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double-action combo of prescription-strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant relieves all the symptoms that you suffer. And what I love about Claritin D is that it starts working in as little as 30 minutes. Plus, it's non-drowsy, so you can still make the most of your day. I can take Claritin D and then get on the mic and record a podcast without being too congested. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. This episode is brought to you by AARP. Ten years from today, Lisa Schneider will trade in her office job to become the leader of a pack of dogs. As the owner of her own dog rescue, that is. A second act made possible by the reskilling courses Lisa's taking now with AARP to help make sure her income lives as long as she does. And she can finally run with the big dogs. And the small dogs, who just think they're big dogs. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org skills. Start clean with Clorox, because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Oh, the charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. When you think about crypto investing, are you typically a short-term trader or a long-term hodler, as they say, HODL, hang on for dear life? Is that, you mentioned maybe buying long-term, is that your philosophy now or have you done some short-term trading as well? You know, there are things like short-term trade where, you know, I think there's a book called um, Reminiscences of a Stockbroker. And it talks about, it's exactly how crypto is playing out right now. It's a great book to feel the, the energy of that. And that's what trading is all about, just emotions. But I'm mainly a value investor or I like yield. You know, I'm very conscious and aware when I'm investing and when I am trading. Um, I have like stacks of things and I'm just, I'm investing. Then I just leave it. Um, or I'll have stacks of things that I'm like, I'm trading this. This is something which I'm in here and I'm going to be out at this price and that's it. And then if it goes up further, well, I missed it. If it goes down, well, you know, that was a good trade. And But that was my strategy. And I think just being very conscious and aware uh, in the moment around that and knowing when you're trading and when you're investing. I think for many things, you know, it's hard in crypto because they come and go so fast. But there are several things I mean for the long haul, like Bitcoin, I just see it's long haul. Buy and hold. Ethereum now is sort of, I think it's changed its economics a lot. It needs a lot to fix up a lot of things still as well. Um, I like Luna. Um, I think Axie Infinity is a great game. It's fascinating. I think it's the first of its kind. There are also other, other, other things I look at, but I just, yeah, there's, there's ecosystems and I guess coins that I back and think they solve something for the long haul. And it just takes time for it to all be adopted and, 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 and take shape. So when you, Think about your portfolio. Obviously, you're invested in businesses like Finder. 
you're invested in assets like crypto, real estate. Do you own other assets like stocks, bonds, kind of more traditional? I know, are you pretty diversified there or are you, you know, kind of staying out of the, the traditional stock market? I know I invest in stocks. I invested in stocks as a kid. Um, I've invested in stocks for a long, long time. Um, I have US stocks, I buy Australian stocks. Um, sometimes I buy UK stocks. Uh, yeah, I love stocks. They're just different mechanics and different things you're trading and investing. I don't buy bonds um, as much. I do invest in yield in crypto, which is the same kind of thing. It's just higher rates. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just, I'm just not really into bonds that much. Um, uh, you know, real estate, yeah, um, definitely. I also invest in, you know, seed rounds, uh, Series A, adventure fund businesses. Yeah, all sorts of investments. I think it's when I can get involved with businesses. That's sort of, you know, where I can add value personally because that's where I got a lot of experience and a lot of equity and I'm sort of translating that into rolling out things. So that's where I think I can get a lot of alpha out of that. Um, in real estate, I'm not, I don't know if I'm, it's just not as passionate about it. I find the liquidity annoying, <laughs> um, but it's different. You know, you have to think about that slightly differently. I just, yeah, I haven't got my head around all of that. Um, but yeah, businesses is where I put a lot of my effort and a lot of energy. If somebody's brand new, they're thinking, yeah, I'm going to dip my toe in the waters of uh, cryptocurrency. Are there any favorite tools or things that you would recommend that they start with to kind of just slowly get into that world? Yeah, I think um, I join up with an exchange. Obviously, we've got a list of those on Finder and just buy some Bitcoin or some Ethereum and buy a small amount. And, you know, buy 50 bucks, put $100 in and buy $50 and then go and set an order to being like $1,000 below wherever the price is trading today. Um, and then, you know, hopefully you catch, catch you know, it, the price dipping and now you're in, you know, or if it goes up, well, you missed it, but at least your $50 has gone from value as well. Um, and that kind of like, I call it sort of setting traps and, and you get used to this thing that moves around so violently um, and, you know, you pick up little little buys down the bottom and that really helps you get into the mindset of trading something which is or, or investing in something which is depending on if you're trading or investing as well, but something that moves so much um, and start small, but never sell. Buy Bitcoin, Ethereum, just don't sell, just hold. For those who are a little more advanced, maybe who have accumulated some reasonable assets in crypto, where do you recommend people keep it? What should investors mm. know about crypto security? You know, do you have a hot wallet or a cold wallet or you keep your money in exchange? How do you think about keeping it secure? I keep, uh, I love cold wallets. I think they're great. Um, I feel much safer having a cold wallet connected up to, you know, my different platforms. Mm. I, I keep it only very small amounts in exchanges. Um, because I want to use them and deploy the the coins into, um, you know, making me yield and performing for me. The the whole, you know, no 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 keys, no coins, that whole thing. I can understand that, but I think for some people they just they don't have the security set up. So yeah, trust someone else to go and manage it for you. Um, I get that, and and I totally empathise with that. Um, but you know, if you're if you're serious, then yeah, definitely get a cold wallet. And, and explain um, to people what that is. Think of it like um, like a security uh, sort of dongle. I don't know if, you know for ba- when you do your banking and you you have a little 
um, token, which is your special key. And you carry it around with you. Um, and that's actually, um, you know, your way to access your bank account, really. So it's like a second security device attached to your bank account. In your opinion, what are the biggest reasons why listeners should consider crypto? We've talked about a lot of them, but, you know, is it is it inflation? Is it because it's a store of value? Is it the ethics of decentralized finance? Is it a combination of all of those things? Is there kind of one thing that you think mm. really should, you know, should kind of push people to consider investing? Imagine if you invested in Google when it was $10 a share. And now it's about three grand. Um, that's essentially what you're looking at. It just doesn't seem like it. It looks scary and everyone's like, oh, I don't believe it, all this kind of stuff. All those people and all those people who don't believe it and all those kind of things will eventually buy in when the price is crazy high. And it's still cheap. That's, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. It's not financial advice, but this is, this is the way I look at it is like, you're basically, if you buy Ethereum or Bitcoin, you're basically buying Microsoft and Google when they're really small and no one really cares yet. Because everyone still looks at it. Remember the internet when everyone was looking at internet stocks going, oh, they're going to bust all of them? It's like, well, no. Like Amazon's actually a decent business. Google is a really good business. And here's a, it spins off free cash flows nonstop. It's, um, it's got really good fundamentals. It's got extreme sources of power, defensibility. Um, and, you know, Bitcoin's got this same thing. It's got this huge brand. Think of the brand that's been created with no marketing department. That's insane. How much value is in just that alone? Like people think crypto, they think Bitcoin. It's like, well, there's 6,000 other coins. No, they just think, and that's fair. And that brand aspect is just one thing you could actually invest in it. And Warren Buffett did this all the time, right? He loves to invest behind defensibility and moats and the asset of someone remembering and having hysteresis about your company, you know, making decisions without thinking, just assuming that you're the one, that, that's what branding is. And that's what Coca-Cola has. That's what a lot of the companies that, you know, he has, he's built huge, um, Seas Candy is probably a great example. It's, it's still this company which people love in their heart, but almost probably don't know why anymore. And so there's defensibility in that. There's long-term investability and, I'm still buying Bitcoin. I bought some more the other day. I keep buying. Does Finder have any crypto on its balance sheet? It does. Yeah. Yeah, we do. We hold a lot of crypto because it's a great investment. It's good for us. We get paid in crypto. I was going to ask you if you would consider paying employees in crypto. We have opened that up in Australia, so you can get paid. Um, there are a couple of people who have taken that up. And yeah, you can get paid 25% of your salary in Bitcoin. I think one of the other things people uh, feel uncomfortable about is like, okay, I'm buying this thing and the difference between a stock and how you value a stock and how you value a cryptocurrency, like why does it have value? Because, you know, with a piece of property, you can get a yield and get a rental. I think that's an interesting area. Like why does, why does cryptocurrency have value? Yeah, why doesn't it have value? So different, different currencies have different reasons for having value. I think Bitcoin is a store of value, so it's like buying gold. I think Ethereum is like, it's kind of like the the cost that you pay to run your server. It's the gas. It's the it's what's called gas, but it's like when you buy a server to run a website, that's the same kind of thing that Ethereum is. 
Um, and then there are other chains, you know, that, that provide pricing oracles. So they tell you the price of something and you pay them for that. There's services in and of themselves. Some store data like Filecoin. Um, some allow you to vote and, and, and influence where a protocol's going or where a, a game's going or, and, and so you can get involved with it and that has value. Some pay a yield at the back of them. Um, those are all really important, I guess, kind of representations of, um, value, you know, when traditionally companies, a big moment in time is when a company was figured out to be valued on its uh, discounted cash flows into the future. That's when sort of modern uh, valuation of companies came into, into being. And I think that's why a lot of traditional um, economists struggle with cryptocurrency. They're like, well, how do I value this? Because there's no discounted cash flow. Like, why does it have any value? And I think that um, when you bring an asset like Bitcoin into something like that, well, you've got a big challenge because you've got a finite supply and, you know, we've got lots of use cases for it, you know, transferring value, storing value. Um, and and so the model, unfortunately, just hasn't been invented for that, that, that sort of um, same model to apply. And I think there are some people who have applied, you know, there's a whole series of different models uh, in terms of trying to value it. But if you just take the number of wallets that are out there um, and the number of um, transactions that happen and you sort of just scale it forward in, in, into the future, you know, I think the prices are going to be, I, I think we're going to go past a quarter of a million dollars of Bitcoin. We could even go up to 500, even a million dollars a coin. I, I can see that happening. It's, it's just a time thing and there's nothing that can stop that. Nothing... It's not going to slow down anymore. It's too big, too big now. Like the internet, you can't stop the internet rolling out. But you can't stop like, like Facebook and people using Google. It's too far gone now. It's too far gone. There's too much access, too many people you're in. And so you're betting on that. You're betting on humans continuing to execute the same behavior that they've done in the past and a huge mass of them as well and more people coming into it. And that's a trade. That's what the trade is. That's what the investment is. That's a very hard thing to value. Like, I don't think there's a standard model yet, um, but they'll come. There'll be, there'll be a mathematical formula around it. Um, there's a stock to flow ratio graph that I really love of this, how much is available, the supply of um, Bitcoin versus how much is in demand. And I think that's really my sort of go-to uh, graph, and you can Google this: the stock to flow ratio of Bitcoin. Um, and I think that 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 is instructive and it's informative and um, gives you a way to value these things. Again, it's not the same model of how companies are valued. And so, you know, I think one of the biggest barriers of what what's stopping people adopting Bitcoin and, and cryptocurrencies is it challenges the system that everyone's used to, particularly for people who have done well, people who are like really smart have done really well in the system that they know, they don't want to change that system. And so when there's a new system, they're like, oh, this is a whole new system. How are we going to deal with that? Well, I'm just going to ignore it and downplay it and just assume my system will be here. Um, and that system will, will carry on. But I think there's, there's, you know, this is a new system now that's it's too big. Um, I think once you sort of suspend your disbelief that there could be another system, another financial way of doing things, that rabbit hole starts to open up and you, you start to realize this is a movement of humanity that is not slowing down. 
it's speeding up. And I think the adoption of the internet will look slow versus cryptocurrency. It's crypto is going to take over everything. Any final words, places you would like to plug or send send the listeners? You know, if you want to read about my story and that mindset, you can go to fredchevester.com and my book is there and my, some of my writings. Um, you can follow me on LinkedIn and obviously go to Finder and you can learn all about cryptocurrency. It's a great place to start. Hopefully, I can be instructive and insightful and share what I've learned. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed this deep dive with Fred and hope you did too. Be sure to check out all the amazing personal finance and alternative finance content at finder.com. And don't miss Fred's book, Go Live. You can search for it on Amazon or find the link in our show notes. That's all for now. I'll talk to you next week. Until then, here's to living a richer life. Money Girl is a quick and dirty tips podcast. It's audio engineered by Steve Rickyberg with editing by Adam Cecil. Our operations and editorial manager is Michelle Margulis. Our assistant manager is Emily Miller and our marketing and publicity assistant is Davina Tomlin. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.